coming up on the Inspired Podcast. We get hoodwinked with bullshit and we waste the best part of our years chasing stuff that is not important to us. We think it is, but it isn't. We are an unhealthy race and it starts with mindset. Fear and jealousy are very powerful, but fuck, they're a waste of time. If I was asked to do it all over again, I think I'd I'd just go, yeah, sign me up. Welcome to the Inspired Podcast by Gentech. My name is Nick Jones, and thanks for joining me on the journey of the Inspired Podcast. These chats are with people that I find inspiring, and I hope you do too. The people I speak to have successfully overcome difficulties. Challenges are relative, and it doesn't matter if your challenge seems small. Lifting yourself out of the mire can feel impossible, but with awareness and motivation, you can do it. Our mission here at the Inspired Podcast is to provide you with hope, inspiration, and some tools to help you look and feel your best. Today, I speak with Vince Contarino. Vince is a special guy. He's an Adelaide legend, a rock star, the lead singer of the band Zep Boys. But he is also someone with wisdom and life experience and has reached a point of real tranquility in a rock god kind of way. Vince helped me when I was at rock bottom, and for this, I will always be appreciative. Vince himself has overcome major life difficulties. He had childhood polio. To get things rolling, I asked Vince how he dealt with the challenge of growing up with a disability. Everybody has some sort of challenge to overcome. And to be honest, my feeling for polio is it's been a blessing, not a disability. So I kind of like, I'm thankful that I grew up with that disability. I, I, and if I was asked to do it all over again, I think I'd, I'd just go, yeah, sign me up. Wow. I mean, to get to this place, Vince, I mean, you've got amazing wisdom and and an incredible outlook. You know, I've always known that about you since we became friends, maybe 25 years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, you you certainly helped me. I went through chronic fatigue and depression and, and you were one of the few friends that held out your hand and said, Nick, come with me. You know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to teach you some guitar. And you taught me to play guitar. You took me backstage at a, at a few gigs and I could, you know, I could, I don't know, I had a lot of um, comfort in conversations that we the silver had. lining, the dark cloud that has the silver lining, you live it, you breathe it. I want to try and unpack it a little bit and understand it a bit more because even, okay. I mean, with your upbringing, there would have been challenges in having polio. And I remember once you told me a story when you were running around the country doing those plays at primary schools. I remember vividly oh. you told me about your upbringing and you were playing that out because back in the day, it would have been in Adelaide in the 60s and 70s you grew up. and Correct. You know, I, I was born in 1960 and I got yeah. polio in 1961. So, wow. Yeah. So, and you yeah. wore the braces. You wore the leg braces. Little Italian yep. boy wearing leg braces, going to yep. school. So, yep. again, the racism was rife back then and it wasn't addressed like it is today. It's so different these days. Oh. 
With the challenges, uh, I just do remember that as being a disabled, crippled child, because we were called cripples back then, mm. um, I remember my parents would always be very aware to protect me and stuff. But I <laughs> found out that every time I was being protected, I'd be missing out on the fun that everyone else was having. So what I would do, I would mask my pain and discomfort and not talk about it so as I could engage in the fun. What happens is when you do that, if you do that long enough, you actually start to manage your pain in a way that you can live a life. Now, I wasn't kind of aware of what I was doing. See, I'm, I'm, ref I'm, I'm talking as an adult now, I'm reflecting back. That's, I Absolutely. knew that's what I was doing because I just wanted to play with the kids. Yep. And then playing with the kids presented all sorts of challenges because, of course, you can't keep up with them. There's no oh, way. You've yeah, got physically, but, you, you couldn't know, keep up. But that's when you start to develop skills like entertainment and telling jokes and uh, expression and body movement and just to wow. so people would engage. So I started learning all these skills unbeknownst to me that would later on in life be a big part of my life, if not all my life. So, yes. So the challenges, I, I kind of like think of them that way. And uh, probably just the challenge on having polio as an infant is a... Uh, uh, you know, another hour podcast, but the racism one is very vivid. Mm. I remember me and my brother when we were, I didn't even know what racism was, but mm. we, we grew up in the era where you'd walk to school. Yep. Mum and dad had already gone to work. Yep. Uh, you know, they'd given us our breakfast, got our five, we got our sixpence for our pocket money. And as soon as we walked off uh, out of our driveway, there was always these two guys that, uh, bashed us up, Jeez. right? And, and it's because we were filthy dagos, yeah. and that's what they used to call us. Now, you know, I got nothing against these kids now because they're just kids. Yes. You know, maybe their parents should have had a good hard look at themselves. But I just remember my brother fighting two guys while I was standing there crying. I was so afraid and scared because I, you know, I had calipers and I had sticks, and you know, you just want you just touch me and I fall down. I didn't have any balance. It was. Yeah. You know, I couldn't protect myself, uh, yeah. and uh, I was very, very fearful of any sort of violence. Wow! Uh, so we encountered that every day, and uh, my brother used to used to stick up for the both both of us. Man, he was courageous, and I learnt a lot of that courage and overcoming fear from just his example. And we never told our parents. We didn't tell our really? parents that. Really? Nah, we didn't tell anybody. We did, we just dealt with it. And we dealt with it as kids until one day we walked out of our property and Mr. Head Bully, he held out his hand to my brother and, and he said, this is going to stop. You're a, you're a good guy. I can't remember the words. And I thought, wow, this had been going on for a year, year and a half. And finally we've been <laughs> accepted. So, you know, you can put up with it, put up with it. And then, you know, we had to put up with it for a while, but then we got the respect. Mm. Uh, and then of course the racism continues in other insidious ways. Like, oh, you know, the, the names and everything being called spastic Dago when, you know, by certain people, when no one was around, was really cowardly for them, but it kind of did affect you. And uh, it's an ugly thing, Nick, because mm. look for me and my brother, I, we have a Mediterranean background, like Sicilian. Uh, once, even though I was a crippled, but once I hit puberty, I, I, I had, I had hair on my nuts and I had hair under my arms and I had biceps. Mm. 
Yeah. And because I'd work in the garden, you know, digging up the garden, planting tomatoes. And I might have been a cripple, yeah. but I was strong yeah. as a 12-year-old. So, I, you know, I could almost start shaving, whereas most oh. of the guys that were bullying me were still little babies. Yeah, you know, wow. The Anglos, so I used to bash the fuck out of them. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> uh, and, and it wasn't good, Nick. I actually... I wake up sometimes and go, oh, my God, what I did to that poor kid. Yeah. And I, don't, I forget what they did to me. I just remember what I did to them. Did you just bash them because you had anger inside from the years of the bullying and racism? I just I wouldn't remember. put up with it because uh, yep. I wouldn't, I would never, ever start anything. Never. Yeah. Never. But as soon as someone started getting derogatory towards me, I'll go, I'll show you. I'll show you something. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. and soon as I did that, Nick, the bullying miraculously stopped. When you stand up for yourself, yes, no bully wants to be challenged. They want an easy fight because Absolutely. bullies are cowards. Absolutely. And that's when I decided one day. I thought, I think I might be a bully now. Uh, so I, I, I quit my ways and then, you know, the world of music opened up to me and, you know, and then I became, you know, all peace, love and flowers. How did you actually get into music? Well, I think... Did you I get lessons? Me, like, well, yeah. yeah, I did. But, you know, oh, absolutely. Well, a defining moment. I mean, most of us are into music as a child. You know, I just remember even being at the children's hospital, you know, uh, I, there was play guitars and I, I'd be, you know, five, six years old singing, I want to hold your hand. I'd be singing all the bloody Beatles songs, you know, and, and everything. So music was definitely there. But I remember the penny dropped one day. I went to a, I was... Uh, blessed and lucky enough to go to a college. I went to St. Michael's College mm. and um, uh, we were taught by brothers who were hard ass. Mm. They were mm. hard ass. <laughs> and, and at the same time that they were, they were hard ass, they were really, they would really put you on a pedestal when you did your best. There was this defining moment. I was 12 years old. We had a mass uh, and we'd congregate in the hall. So there'd be 500 kids and we'd all be singing hymns and stuff. But for some reason, someone had an idea uh, the in the staff to have a rock band there and have them play at the, wow. the, uh, at the mass. Wow. And they performed a couple of numbers. And one, nu and one number was, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. But what I remember is just how well the band played and the emotion of the singer. And the guitar player in that band handed out flyers uh, in our classrooms for guitar lessons and he became my guitar teacher, John Wilson. He was an, a very important person in my life because he was the one that set me on the track to become a professional musician. So, yeah, so, you know, uh, I did get lessons and I, I profited from the experience of a professional musician. So uh, because, uh, you know, luckily, thankfully, I was brought up not only at home, but at school to listen mm. and respect your elders and respect people like teachers. So I, I, I didn't really have that rebel quality like i'm going to do what i'm going to do and nobody's going to tell me what to i didn't have that really in yes. me 
Yeah. Uh, I, 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 and so I'm glad I did because I learnt so much about music and also learnt a little bit about the side things of music, like business and how to, you know, portray yourself, just get, get by. So, yeah, I, I was very, very fortunate. I remember John, John Wilson, he goes, so what are you going to do? Uh, you know, you're doing your exams and stuff. I, I, the only thing I'm qualified for is a dental technician. And the first thing, he didn't laugh. He wow. said, after all these years that I've known you, I didn't know you to be a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I, I'm just, I'm going, what? He goes, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> he was talking to me like a peer. He'd yes. never talked to me like that in my life. Yes. And I'm going, what? He goes, what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> As, what's a dental technician doing on there? I've got no bloody idea. <laughs> but I'm good at it, they tell me. <laughs> you no, know, he goes, well, so oh. he said, come and work for me when you finish school. And the clouds parted and the angels started singing and the music was playing. I'm going, wow. you mean come and teach for you full time? He goes, you come and teach for me full-time and I will uh, also teach you, I'll set out a special course for you so I teach you full-time at the same time so you'll learn and you'll teach and you've got a job. Wow. Well, mate, I went back to St. Michael's College wow. and when anyone said do an essay, you know what I said? Nah. Nah, mate, I'm fucking playing guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't care. But you know what? <laughs> He knew something because within six months, six or seven months of me leaving school, I was touring Australia in a band. And I start touring Australia. I don't know how that happened, but we were in demand. And uh, I was, and that I just never looked back. Wow. What was the name of the band? Serpentine. I hope you're enjoying my chat with Vince. We'll continue his life journey after this message from our sponsors. Burn fat and get in shape using Gentech Nutrition's premium quality fat burners. Use code INSPIRED10 and save 10% of your favourite products at gentech.com.au. That's G-E-N-T-E-C.com.au. Welcome back to Inspired and our chat with Vince Contarino. I asked Vince what was life like on the road. You drink, you take drugs, there's lots of women and stuff, and you are completely washed up before you're even 20. Yes. Well, I was going to ask, give me one of your favourite stories, but I don't want to implicate anyone because I'm thinking about you touring Australia in a band at 18 and what potentially could have happened and probably did happen, but, mate, yes. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. No, um, no. I'm not a look. I, you don't have to mention names. People have heard the story. It's it's cliche. Yeah. So we don't have to go into the gratuitous details. As you know, you've got everything available to you. Everything. Yes. Uh, yes. So eighteen you know, years of age. Look, Were you singing or playing guitar or both? I was. I was singing and playing guitar. And you know. For for the lifestyle that we were leading, you would have to be a millionaire to afford. Yes, and we were getting it, and we were on the uh, on we were on the poverty line. Yeah, it's, it's a weird dichotomy. Yeah, it's it's a crazy thing, and and that's another that's another essay 
Uh, yeah. how, how, why do we have to work so hard to fuck up our life? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Know, when you can actually do it on the poverty line. You know? <laughs> so it's what you choose to do. It's what you choose to do with your life. But then I was on the scrap heap. I lost my voice. I had nodules on my throat. I couldn't sing. I uh, had to have surgery. I thought I was finished. And then I met the most influential man in my life. Uh, and he was his name was Malcolm Potter. Yes. Uh, God rest his soul. He was my singing teacher. But that is a complete underestimation of a title. He, he was more than a mentor. He was just... Uh, uh, he was an amazing, amazing man that inspired me and he he did it effortlessly and he, he imparted so much wisdom that I wish I could, you know, give to every, and I do, I, every every time I can somewhere I'll, I'll pass on some tidbits, yeah. you know, but he taught me so much and that was the beginning of another Vince Contarino. Wow. So he was a singing teacher uh, and a lot more than that based in Adelaide that you connected with after the surgery yeah. and the surgery was, the was, surgery. was it was seriously 20 years old. You burnt out and had surgery. Burnt out. Wow. Finished. I was smoking drink, but you know, I stopped smoking and everything. I hadn't smoked since apart from a few of those uh, funny little cigarettes every once in a while. Yes. Back in the day. Yes, yes, yes. Of course. Therapy. <laughs> but uh, you know, and, and even then, you know, uh, from what I learned about uh, smoke and inhalation on the vocal cord, you know, I would I would minimalize it because I protect my instrument. I, w I was afraid of drugs not because of what they did to you, but the physical the physicality that they took away from you when you needed to be at a hundred percent. So Malcolm taught you this stuff, did he? He taught you how to do it in a sustainable way. Malcolm taught me. Uh, he was like a martial artist, Nick. If that maybe that because like Muyamoto Musashi, the the guy that invented the samurai, you know, the yes. two swords. He said, before you kill someone or before you use a weapon, you gotta you gotta make it you gotta make it yourself. And on the car on the handle, you gotta carve your life story, you know. And and so then you'd have to explore the artistic and skillful side. So you had a respect for what you were doing with what you've got. You know, to take someone's life, you don't do it flippantly. And you learn these things through art. Yes. And and, and strength training and skills. Yes. As a young man, sometimes our thoughts are really muddled up because we've got so many hormones that tell us to do one thing. Mm. We've got society telling us to control them and do another thing. Then we, then being in the, the public eye, so to speak, you get attacked and ridiculed and belittled. And for young men, especially, oh, look, young people, yes. young yeah. people, any young pe person, yes. It is, it's really tough, but he taught me, this is something I could relate to. I didn't, it was a no brainer. He said, you will, you're in the envious position, Vince, of being in a job where you're going to be ridiculed, belittled, uh, made fun of, it's negative, and you're going to have it all your life. Sounds fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Wow. And he goes, no, he goes, now let's look at it the real way. Let's look at it. Let's look at it like it's a mathematical equ equation. Yeah. It's whether it's negative, positive, who cares? It's an energy. Mm -hmm. It's an energy. Now, you know, a wave can drown you. A lightning bolt can kill you. 
But you know what? If you know how to harness it, it can sustain you. It can give you power. It can make, it can run your house. It'll give you life. It's the same with this negative energy that people impart on you. You, if you work on it enough and learn your skills, your own way to turn this negative energy into something positive, my God, these people are helping you. And you know what? He was right. I use that all the time. Wow. I have been using that uh, philosophy since, you know, I was 20 years old. So for 42 years. Yeah, I saw I saw uh, on social media the other day, someone um, someone had put a negative comment or ripped into you about making a certain amount of money or, you know, and, and I, I saw the way you handled yes. it. I absolutely saw it. And I thought that was just so typical you, Vince, on turning a nasty situation, like exposing it, yep. um, going to the truth of it and but generating an energy from it, you know. Um, That's a good observation, Nick, because usually on social media, whatever you post, there's always going to be 20% of, ah, you don't know what you're talking about stuff. You know what I mean? And yes. it goes another way. This was 100% in agreement. So I worded it in a way that it would be a positive thing rather than negative mm. thing from someone who is really got to take a good look at themselves. And I worded it in a way that everybody could say, oh, God, that's horrible, and they gave me all this power. And, yeah. and I looked at that, and, I, and I'm there. Now I'm, now I'm feeling the energy. I'm, I've got so much energy. So I turn around, and rather than despising this individual, I'm going, you've done it again. Thank you very much. Just keep on doing it. <laughs> exactly. Guys, so you, you learned so much of your philosophy and so much of your ways from, from Malcolm Potter. You look at it, you, you go, you've, you're brought up by a loving family. Mm. They've got good values. You go to a school where there's good values and they inspire you to do good things. Yes. And it's not about being number one. It's about doing your best. Then you, you meet people like John Wilson who guide you and then Malcolm Potter who, you know, teach you and show you these things. There's no secret. There's no mm. secret to this stuff. It's mm. all really, it's all pretty boring. Yeah, and, and that's the thing too, Vince. You've had so many opportunities to put it into practice and you obviously yeah. have so many times that, you know, it's becoming, I guess, more ingrained within your psyche and your way. Well, Nick, when you're young, you may have philosophical thoughts and ideological mm. beliefs. Yes. But you always question yourself. You think, is this, am I just saying yes to this because it's a feel-good emotion? It's a, you know, it's like a panacea to all the horrible things in life. But now as you get older, I look back and I go, wow, man, it wasn't, it's not hippie and flowers. Mm. It is real. Yep. And so now that's why it's incumbent on me to go pass this shit on Vince, yes. pass it on yes, because it's real. And yep. um, sometimes you might be reticent not to pass something on because you think, oh, yeah, it's good for me, but is it good for someone else? Oh, wow. You know, blah. but no, it's real. Mm. Uh, and, and so, you know, that's where I'm kind of at with that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's easy to be philosophical, Vince, when things are going well, isn't it? But when things are going tough to put yep. them into place, that's the challenge. That's the juice, isn't it? Yeah. And, and see, and I, and then when I got into the bodybuilding game, 
and I learned these things from you. And I'm there, oh, wow, he has the same application uh, to bodybuilding as I do to music. Mm. And you you research stuff. You look at the chemistry of it. You mm. look at the training methods of other people. You you, you know, you look at the, uh, the psychology of being an athlete. Yes. So you go beyond that. And uh, this, see, it's all the same formula. Mm. Different metaphors, different metaphors to explain the same thing, aren't they? It's all the same formula to life. Yeah, it's mm. that of life force. So, yeah. Mm. And, no. and it's that little bit of stress that uh, that creates growth. I said it in my last podcast, that, that yeah, stress that you feel that. under a weight causes the muscles to adapt and grow and become yeah, stronger. Yeah. Just like That's life. Right. Just yeah. like it. And yeah. there's no getting around it. And it's actually good for us. It's good for us. It is. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You have more talent than most singers I've ever heard. Actually, you have the most talent out of... No, seriously, I'm not blowing wind here. Why didn't you or did you chase commercial fame and fortune? You're the best singer I've heard, Vince. Nick, this is a beautiful question, and I don't know if you mean to ask this beautiful question. You know, I told you when I was a kid, before I went on the road, I, I knew everything about music. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know, before I even left school, I was going to be the biggest star the world had ever seen. I could cringe at that. But you know what? If I'm looking at myself as a kid, that uh, uh, you know, a baby boy, it's kind of beautiful. You know what I mean? But at the time, God, it must have been obnoxious. <laughs> but, but here, so we kind of chase commercial success because... We want to be recognized yes, and we want to be noticed and we want to rise above it. And so for a while, uh, when I was in bands, like I joined uh, after Serpentine, I, I found myself in Perth at a, in a kind of like a penthouse situation with, you know, the outdoor pool. And I was, I had money, uh, 1979, I had money in pockets, like getting paid 270 bucks a week, 1979. Wow. Pretty good money. Yeah, you know, yeah. it was really good money, and the pool and all the girls and and stuff. And I remember I was sunning myself there by the pool, you know, in my birthday suit. A vivid thought, and and it was, I got to get out of here. This is bullshit. My brain or something recognized recognized the seduction of all these trappings. And I thought, now I'm young. Oh, yeah, I'm everybody's favourite to this week. But what's going to happen to me when I'm 30? What? How will I develop? And I, I decided that day that I was going to quit that band. And everyone thought I was crazy, even the, my manager, because we were touring Australia, doing really well. And he goes, why do you want to quit? And I told him, I want to I want to go back to writing songs and be in a rock band. But I formed the Dukes. We, we started writing songs. We would pack out. We, we would play to huge audiences, you know, pack it out, all playing original stuff. Right. And um, we were... We were generating thousands and thousands of dollars, but I wasn't seeing any of it. A lot of the money went back into recording demos in the recording mm. studios, giving it to management, writing, you know, trying to get ourselves going. We were on the, we were on that machine that meant 
we were trying to get famous. Yes. And it was that's the competition. And we're doing this year after year after year after year. And just like the seduction of the naked girls and, you know, the pool and everything, there was a seduction of sorts here. But and it took me a little while to discover and to realise and think in practical terms, mm. I am making so much money but I don't see any of it, but I keep sinking it back into uh, re recording studios, management and stuff, people that don't generate money, that take money from the people that generate it. Yeah, wow. And then they aren't good enough to get me to where I'm going. And I thought, if I keep that money for myself, what am I able to do with it? Now, I'm not a capitalist. I'm really bad with money. I thought there was an inequity in what was going on because I wanted to get someone but somewhere, but all these people were interested was taking my money. And they're in the music game sp sprouting and how much I've got to put in and I've got to do this and I've got to do that, but they're getting paid for it. Mm. And I'm earning the money for them to take it. So slowly but surely over the years that commercial success thing i thought what a load of fucking rubbish yeah. and and it's rubbish not only for music it's rubbish for everybody on this planet earth mm. it's rubbish and it goes back to how come a millionaire has to earn all that money so as he can have the lifestyle of a guy on the poverty line there's a correlation, direct correlation here. We get hoodwinked with bullshit and we waste the best part of our years chasing stuff that is not important to us. We think it is, but it isn't. Yes. And uh, I and I just remember saying, I remember vividly saying to one day, you know what, I'm sick of tired of being on the starting line and running the race and they go what are you talking about vince i don't want to get on a starting line ready set go and run and beat someone to the end of the race because i'm not a fucking athlete in fact what i want to do is when i'm running the race as soon as i'm running past the 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 stand that all the people are in while all you stupid idiots are fucking running blowing your hamstrings i want to turn around to the crowd and go hey Let's have a little bit of fun. Fuck those guys. They're in a race. <laughs> We're going to have some fun. We're going to enjoy life. Let's, We're going to enjoy this. Let's enjoy ourselves seeing that we're all here. <laughs> you can cheer the motherfucker that wins later. Right? <laughs> you can't see the wood for the trees. Yeah. And I discovered what I was earning, I could put into my own career and develop uh, a show that would compete with bands that have a corporate behind them, billions of dollars, and I can still compete with them on a pretty healthy level. And I got nothing. Wow. Isn't that weird? It really is. It re there's, there's so many parallels here, like chasing the significance and thinking you're going to be happy and successful when you get to point X, you know, and it's you get to a point where you can see that that point X is bullshit. You know, it's bullshit. bullshit. They want you to do that because you're feeding them. And what yep. you're doing, Nick, is not only destroying your life, you're really destroying them too because they're doing fucking nothing. 
and they're getting a lifestyle doing nothing and that is very unhealthy you know what happens when you eat and you don't train yes <laughs> yes and, you know it's it's bad this is why i'm saying it's bad for the whole world this is not good it's it's a it's we are an unhealthy race and it starts with mindset my name's vince contarino and you're listening to inspired with nick jones Improve your recovery using Gentech Nutrition's premium quality proteins and amino acids. Use code INSPIRED10 and save 10% off your favorite products at gentech.com.au. That's G-E-N-T-E-C.com.au. For the final part of my chat with Vince Contarino, I ask him about his philosophy and his approach to life. I give myself to the universe. I'm not afraid. Uh, Like jealousy, fear and jealousy are very powerful, but fuck, they're a waste of time. And energy, yes. And energy and sap your life and it can turn it into an abomination. I believe that the sun shines on the leaves of a tree and it gives us oxygen. I somehow, I don't understand the science of photosynthesis. I don't understand science at all. And I believe the universe says, Vince, you don't have to be Einstein to reap the rewards of Bill Gates. You just got to believe. And that's, and, and now here's the belief. You have a passion and my passion is music. So what do you do? I'm going to become a full-time musician and I'm going to live my life as a musician now if you have a passion it is not enough you have to work and then when you think you've worked you've got to work harder and passion isn't enough you've got to learn the skills because you need the skills with the passion to go together and then you need to be able to recognize how to look after yourself when your passion and your skills You know, you don't want to bust your body and your brain. So you need to be able to step back when it's time to step back and have belief that uh, it's the good thing. Now, in in this whole uh, series of things that you're doing, which is quite simple, anybody can do it. When you're working really hard, you discover things. Your mind gives you information that you go, this is why people believe in ghosts and the boogeyman, because when they, they, they there's magic in all our lives and they think, oh, a voice told me to do this. Well, if you're doing the real thing, you hear voices saying, do that and do that. And it makes sense. And it only happens to me when I'm working really hard towards something positive. I learn things that I've, I haven't been taught, haven't read about or anything. And I go, shit. And they work, Nick. Yes. They work. Yes. And, and so that's why I believe. I believe. And, and so when young kids tell me, how do you make it in this business? I'm there. Number one, when someone comes up to you and tells you, I can help you make it, you run away from them. Yes. Because yes. nobody knows how to make it. Nobody. Mm. Only you know how to make it. You can listen to people. You can learn from people. But you can only make it on your own because you are unique and your magic is is the stuff that everybody goes oh wow that's awesome 
and it doesn't get released until you have all those things going for you. And that's what I believe. So all of a sudden, you become like the sun shining on a leaf and you're giving out oxygen. And that's what I believe. To live your passion, to live a great life, to be happy and successful, you have to know what it is you're passionate about. You have to learn some skills in and around that. And you've got to take action. The more action you take, the more energy and information will come to you that you can use. So you've embodied, you've taken on this bodybuilding lifestyle, um, a human being that had a, a weakened body at one years of age through polio. And I'm sure you have your challenges through polio. You look the picture of health, the energy that comes out of you, you know, psychologically and spiritually, you know, and the way you look energetically, people look at you and go, this guy's a picture of health. He's not, he's not sick. He's never been, look at this guy, mate. You're, you're in your early sixties and you know, you, you look tremendous. Tell us, tell us about your daily lifestyle and how you manage it. So do you practice your music still? Number one, number two, what's a daily routine look like for your exercise regime and, and your nutrition? Okay. What is it? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to bullshit on this. For the last two years, my exercise re regime hasn't been very good. Okay. Because I, um, my, my routine would be wake up in the morning, uh, have a couple of short black, uh, have a couple of double espressos. You're Italian, uh, I, of course I, you do. Yeah. Uh, and then I would hit my elliptical trainer because I can't walk and run. So I've got the elliptical, you know, the cross trainer thing. Yes. And I do... 45 minutes to an hour on that and I'd aim for about 500 calories. Normally I would get into my business, uh, learn some songs, uh, do a little bit of singing practice, uh, chase up that. Then I'd have, you know, of course I'd be, uh, be nourished and eat and have Gentech shakes. Which yeah, really thanks Vince. I am fortunate like you don't believe to have access to not only the, the shakes, but the supplements. And that, seriously, Nick, I don't want to sound like a used car salesman, man, mm. but acetylcarnitine saved my life, and so did you. And you can talk about that later with your listeners. I don't want, you know, I, I, I'll put my name to that, and I tell, uh, I've told neurologists about it, specialists mm. and all sorts, and I've actually educated them about it. Anyway, mm. we move on. Yeah. Uh, so I'd be be doing all that nutrition stuff and then I'd sleep and then I'd wake up and I'd do my uh, my gym routine. Mm -hmm. And uh, it used to be, you know, if the gym routine used to be an hour and a half, the older I got, it got shorter and shorter, but really better and better sort of thing. Yes. So I was more professional at uh, understanding what I'm doing. Now, that would, that, that would be my routine and probably was my routine for, oh, I don't know, 20, 30 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Right. So obviously, if if I was a banker rather than a bodybuilder, at the end of those uh, 30 years, I'd be looking at my bank account. And I'd go, fucking hell, look at all this money. Yeah, what yeah. am I going to... Well, this is obscene, you know? Get the fuck out of here. You got because more than money, though, mate. You got more than yeah. just money from putting but, it but, into but, your, your yeah, health we got to spend some of this shit. Yeah. And it's just, you know, I don't want to get cash cholesterol. So, um, so what, uh, I, when COVID hit, I thought I'm going to, I can see, I can play acoustic guitar, but I, I, you know, 
I want to play solos, you know, like those blues guitar players, and you know, get in there and get dirty. And I wrote, and I so I started studying, and I'd be so I'd sit uh, in the morning, I'd wake up at about four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, I'd do five, six hours of guitar practice, then I would do a couple hours of singing practice. I would be worn completely out, yes. completely worn out, more right. than if I was doing cross training or weight training. So my body said, you've earned the right to rest. You don't need to train, Vince. You're 60 years old. You, and look at you, you're still, you're, you've got muscle mass. And what are you doing? Just playing guitar and singing. So at our age, it isn't so much about the weights we lift, it's the energy we expend and and uh, and uh, replenish. Now my body is starting to say, hey, guess what? It's time to get back on the cross trainer. But lo and behold, I've achieved what I wanted to achieve when I set out, this is what I'm going to do. So now, rather than spend eight hours a day on music, I can condense that into two and then I've got another two hours left over for my physical training, whether it be aerobic or, you know, weight training. And I'll be able to manage it and I'll be able to get my nutrition in and rest and recover. So once again, the, sh the sun's shining on me, on my leaves, and I'm, I'm releasing oxygen. It is a win, 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 win when you have specific goals and you know what you want to achieve. Your yes. body will do anything it will that you ask it to, but you've got to have the right language. You've got to speak to your cells on a cellular level. And how the fuck do you do that? Well, bloody well find out for yourself. Because I tell you, you're not going to read it in a book. It's not going to be at a seminar. It's not going to be in a self-help book. It's not going to be in a gym. It's not going to be at the church. It's going to be in your own fucking head yep. until when you do the work. Boys and girls, that's the truth. That's my truth anyway. Who or what inspires you? You know, I I could be described in the world of being motivated and inspired like a two-pot screamer. You know the person that has one drink and two drinks and they're pissed? Yep. <laughs> I, I get inspired by everyone and anything. I see the beauty in so much stuff and, you know, it... it I, I, I get inspired by everything. It doesn't have to be world shattering. I'll, I'll get inspired by an old lady pushing a trolley um, at the supermarket because I know how hard it is for me mm. with my legs. Mm. And when I see, when I see, uh, I, I, I'll get inspired by fucking everything. Mm. It, I, it, inspiration is everywhere, mm. everywhere to me. And once again, you got to be you got to be looking for it. you got to be open yourself up to the universe to see it. All this beautiful nurturing stuff that we've got around it and we don't pay it any attention. I could speak to Vince for days. I hope you enjoyed this chat as much as I did. Vince is unique. Very special indeed. Don't forget to rate and review Inspired and watch out for our next episode where we dive deep into the mind with psychologist and author, Dr. Jody Lowinger. I'm Nick Jones, and thanks for listening to the Inspired Podcast. 
through your recovery using Gentech Nutrition's premium quality proteins and amino acids. Use code INSPIRED10 and save 10% off your favorite products at gentech.com.au. That's G-E-N hyphen T-E-C This podcast has been produced by eathouse.com.au.